Hi there. Welcome to The Preventable, the podcast giving you a seat at the table with conversations about the intersection of alcohol, drugs, and mental health in everyday lives. Take a seat and join us. Welcome to The Preventable. Excuse me while I adjust my chair. Um, With me today is a relatively uh, new friend, but I feel like um, it's just meant to be because there were way too many coincidences for Mm -hmm. us not to be and for you not to be here today. Uh, So with me today is Charlie Backer. He is author of The Sober Impact, which is a really great book, really easy read, nice read. Mm -hmm. But then you're also the chief heat officer for your hot sauce company, Mm -hmm. correct? What is the hot sauce company? It's called Hot Charlie's. Hot Charlie's. And people might be wondering... The hell do these two things have to do with each other? Right. We're going to get there. They make there. a lot of sense. They you know, totally make separate. some sense, and we're we're going to get there. So, yeah. Charlie, I'm going to dive in. I hope that's okay. Please. The sober impact. Yeah. The word sober, not everybody loves. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about why you like this. <laughs> I'm diving in. Well, I told you. It's funny because like, even this podcast, like, so I have the the hot sauce coming. We'll talk about it later. But like, sober impact. Sobriety changed me as a person. Mm-hmm. I was on one road in. Because I became sober, I'm on a totally different path. And so I really wanted to share that experience with the world. And it was interesting, even in writing that book, there are two versions of it. The first version I wrote within a couple weeks, and it was almost viewing me as a third person. Like, oh, that was Charlie the drunk. That was a different person. Mm-hmm. And I, It was I almost read... like a character that you were. Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's like, but so, sobriety doesn't work like that. Like, You're still the same person just because you stopped drinking. Yeah. And so I wove in my story to it and I tried to be as raw and as authentic as possible because I think sometimes like even in sobriety we don't want to be vulnerable because it is scary at times yeah and I realized that the only way I could actually have an impact on other people is by really just putting everything out there letting them know that other people have experienced things differently than they have mm-hmm. and they've been able to recover from that and just sort of giving them that that story of hope that I found through sobriety. And so sobriety is is how you identify. You identify as sober, so that's mm-hmm. how we're going to talk about it okay. as we go forward, right? Because I know some people don't subscribe to that term, but that's what you self-identify as, so that's what we're going to go with. Yeah, I, I used to like teetotaler. Um, mm. It just wasn't, it didn't flow it off didn't the tongue. It didn't roll off no, the tongue. Okay, people are all. like bringing it back they and are, like claiming cool. it. Yeah, well, and you also, in the book, you also talk about the fact that um, alcoholism is not a word that, like, alcoholic is not a word that you love, right? right? You like, you prefer, like, alcohol abuse. Yeah, so, and yeah. I think there is a difference, because I yeah, think alcoholism okay. is, is typically those that have the the chemical dependency on alcohol, and mm-hmm. alcohol use disorder is really what I've read, is is those, like, like myself, when I flip the switch, it's not going to stop. I'm going to keep drinking. I'm going to abuse alcohol. Mm. And I believe that definitely can lead into alcoholism. It, it is prone to it. Um, but yeah, like I never woke up craving alcohol. Yeah. But once I had that taste of vodka, like, yeah, I was going to keep drinking until you I were fell gonna, asleep. You were going to keep doing it. So you describe in the book, and that's my dog-eared copy, you describe in the book basically the the journey that sort of led you to become sober for real. Mm-hmm. Like there were a few stops and starts as there often are, mm-hmm. right? And the things that sort of led you to that point where you decided like, I gotta make a change. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that didn't totally get you there, which I thought was interesting, was knowing somebody in jail. 
Oh, wait, no, the person in jail? Dude, OMG, Uh, where you, like, get arrested and there's a person that you know. I'm like... And it was also bad, because I didn't talk about it in the book, but when I I was in the hospital, so I'll leave a lot of the main points to anybody to buy my book. Yeah, we want them to buy the book. You can buy it on Amazon. Um, And if you can't afford it, just message me and I'll I'll mail it to you. (laughs) But even in the hospital, so I got in a a horrific car accident. I should have died. Went to the hospital, ran into a a paramedic friend of mine, but he was too busy to talk to me, so he just left. And I was flailing and screaming in the hospital. But yeah, to go into the jail and to hear somebody's voice and me to sit down and I'm like, I know you. I was like, Ugh. your nephew's my best friend. And he's like, oh, Charlie, what happened? Is it just mortifying? Or like, did you just think like, oh, it's a sign? Or were you like, eh, well, small world. Yeah, I think it was just small world. But mm-hmm. like looking back, like that was a sign. But even like as I talk about it in the book, like I could have the car accident. I could get arrested. I could go to jail. I could have all these experiences. And then yet like when I got home later that day and I was, after I woke up and, and, and rested for a bit, like, I still looked for alcohol. Mm. I wanted wine, and it's like that's that's broken. And that's when I started realizing, okay, like that doesn't make sense. I I try to be. Like, I mean, my my undergrad is in philosophy. I try to be extremely rational and logical right. with my thought, mm-hmm. and I just couldn't make sense of it. Well, it's like when we talk to to middle schoolers and we try to talk about what addiction or substance use disorder is. The real kind of most simple definition is continuing to use despite negative consequences, right? Mm -hmm. So you get a DUI and most people would go, holy cow, like I really need to like, you know, stop drinking for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Or your partner gets upset with you, you have this huge blowout fight and, you know, kicks you out of the house or whatever. And he's like, okay, I should probably pump the brakes. Yeah. When that's not your response that's usually the sign of something going on. Now, of course, yeah, that's should, like overly like simplistic. Bulb. Yeah, but yeah. It, it's not. Like, And I talk to people all the time with sobriety, and they can have like three, four, five DWIs. They can be losing yep. their family, and it doesn't click. And I'm like, are you at a point in your life where you can acknowledge that alcohol is, is bad? And he's, they can be like, oh, yeah, I, I do. Like, are you ready to get sober? And it's like, mm, no. Not yet. Like it's, and that's so hard. Like, totally. I've really made it a point the past you know several months to create like a a social presence on like TikTok and, and Instagram and YouTube just to be a a shining light into the world of sobriety and trying to help people to realize that there is freedom on the other side of that storm. And it's just so hard. Like I can talk to people, I can talk to families like, why won't my dad stop drinking? Why wouldn't my husband stop drinking? Like, I don't right. get it. Why don't they stop? And I think like that's that's the pain that people experience. Like I mean, alcohol, yeah, it hurts the person that's abusing. It, 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 it hurts them. But it hurts their whole world, like their kids, their family. And you can't logically explain that to anybody. You can't break through. And, and I, I know you can send people and people go to jail. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be around alcohol. But, like, it doesn't change the person. Like, you have to – the person has to agree that they want to make that, right. that step. Right. Well, I think that one of the, the parts of your book that I thought was most impactful, and this is a really great transition, is when you talk about the lies that alcohol told you about yourself. Right. That it defined and empowered you. It it made you a more sociable person, more likable, more outgoing, whatever. And I have experiences with with people that I love who they can't stop using because they 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 think it's what defines them. Mm -hmm. And they're known as the fun guy or they're known as the 
guy that is always doing like crazy tricks and what happens if they take that away mm-hmm. or they're the guy that's always like pew 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 life of the party and yeah. if you take that away then then who are they and that's certainly hard when that's your experience as a teenager but if you're 35 40 years old and that's your identity or at least you think it is mm-hmm. wow yeah, that makes it really hard and that's so painful but i think a lot of people like myself included is People romanticize alcohol, and they want it to seem like it, it's this liquid courage that makes them strong. Right. And, and the reality is it's it's many times the complete opposite. And so, like, I'll talk to people, and they can say, well, I'll be fine if I keep drinking this way. I'm like, okay, well, let's view the future. In the next five years, if you keep drinking, you want to view it as it's this perfect world. Alcohol is amazing. It's going to make you a better person, and nothing is going to go wrong in your future. I was like, but what if the bad things that have started to happen in your life, what if they get worse? Yeah, what if they accelerate? What if the next one, you don't get arrested for a DWI, but you drive your car into a tree and end up paralyzed, and your family doesn't have the finances to take care of you, they lose their house, they become homeless, like all the... like. Stop romanticizing alcohol. It's not your best friend. Your best friend wouldn't make you wake up the next morning feeling regret and humiliation for mm. for what you did. You mm-hmm. want to wake up refreshed and happy. Like it's just you want to remember the fun that you had. You don't want to have to go. Oh my gosh, what did I say or do? I mean, you, yeah. you want to be able to fully live. I think that's, to thrive, not wanna, survive. Right to be present, and yes. it's so difficult. It's so hard to explain that to people. Yeah. So, I mean, if we play that out and if you really think through the fact that where you were headed mm-hmm. versus where you are now, mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about your your kids and you talk about all of these businesses, including your hot sauce business mm-hmm. that have come about. I mean, do you think it's a leap to say that those things wouldn't have happened? They never would have. Like, Hot Charlie's would have just been, I mean, plenty of people when they get drunk, they think of these crazy ideas, <laughs> business ideas, and they make these amazing plans, but the next day, like, they're not there. Um, sobriety, because you get so, again, if you're listening to this and you're newly sober, preparing to get sober, you go through this phase where you're super bored. And mm. I didn't know what to do at that mm. time. Mm. And as opposed to just sitting around and, and twiddling my thumbs, I'm like, okay, well, I have this hot sauce that I've been making. I just started making it more and trying to be better with it. And yeah, like had I not been sober, like that never would have happened. I never would have had the time and the energy to make it into anything. Mm. And that flows into other areas of my life. The husband that I am, the dad that I am, um, the person that I am. Like I would have been so unhealthy and and I would not have been happy with myself. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I, where can we find these hot sauces? So hot sauces. So like locally, like the Oakville Butcher Block, su- uh, ah. supplement superstores. Um, How yeah. the heck do you get into supplement su- I mean, is this a metabolizer? No, it's not. It's just, it's sometimes when you go on these, these diets, you're limited on some of the condiment options because you don't, maybe you're watching your fat or you're watching your carbs. So hot sauce is just a great flavor. Get out of, well, so okay, a long time ago I did Weight Watchers and I knew that it like hot sauce at that point was like zero points. I think uh-huh. they were still the point system. So and salsa too. That's so interesting. Okay, so supplement yeah. superstores, the yeah. Oakville. Yeah, Oakville Butcher Block in okay. South County. Okay. Um Arnold Fireside and then online at hotcharlies.com. We do sporadically pop up in some of the other retailers, but right hmm. now that's where it's it's a pretty good hit. Interesting. Okay. Something else I want to drill into, if you don't mind, is when you were talking about 
some um, things early on that you some changes in your life that mm-hmm. you made really early on in your sober journey, as you call it. Um, you talked about finding a doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming that that means like a mental doctor. Yeah, psychologist. Okay. Therapist. Yeah. Why? Why? I mean, you're. Why couldn't you just do it on your own? Like. Um, the old me would have been like, exactly, okay. why can't I? I'm a man, got to step up. Yeah, right. Um, that's It's just total crap. Like, <laughs> it's, it's okay to be I sick. I like you, Charlie. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's okay. okay. And I think the way we need to view alcoholism or or things like that, it's like these people are sick. As you said earlier, like it, it's, it's not logical to be consuming some substance that has negative effects in your life and for you not to acknowledge that and make changes. Like, that's not logical. So- even where I was at, like I was sick, and gratefully I had a relationship with a doctor from years prior, dealing with uh, whenever my mom passed away, and so I reached out to her, and that ended up being so impactful to that part of my sobriety. Do you talk about? I mean, so you've got this book, mm-hmm. you've got this podcast, and you have kids. Mm-hmm. Do your kids know what's going on? Do they know? They they know what? that they've never seen dad drink. Okay. okay. All my, right. My, my kids are eight and ten. Okay. They've never seen me drink. I've been sober for five and a half years. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. But for years, they remember the night that I got in my my car accident mm. because I, you know, usually they say you get in, you know, you're you're most prone to get in an accident like closest to home. I was two yes, blocks away I, from home. Isn't that crazy? I yeah. heard that. Yeah. And I got off with my wife and I said, "I love you. I'll be home in a minute." And a few minutes later, I I you know ran into a utility pole, but it knocked the power out at my house. And so my wife heard this crash and explosion. She knew in her mind that it was me. She couldn't get out because the garage door was... Pardon that tapping. They're hanging things outside. But keep keep going because this is a very... Yeah, Um, I know, right? Yeah, so power's out in the house and it's all dark. You can't open the garage door because there's no electricity. So my wife, you know, she's smaller petite girl and she had to push it up and get out there and that adrenaline was pumping and gratefully a neighbor came and took care of the kids and and she was able to drive up there and she had to push past the police she's like i think that's my husband in there so for years my kids would would talk about it they would you know remember when you got your car accident well why is the power going Mm. out well it was just recently i was talking to my son i was like hey i was like just so you know i was like you talk about that night a lot i was like i went to jail that night i got really hurt and I chose, it's because I chose to drink too much. And I was very honest with yep. him. He's and 10. This is your 10 year old. And my, Smart. My, my eight year old heard it too. That's the age that, yeah. yep. And I'd rather be honest with him because, like, I think sometimes you want to stay away from the truth because you're afraid it might hurt them. Right. But the reality is, like, he got it. He's like, well, dad, he's like, you don't drink. He's like, you, at least you, you, you saw what it was doing and you stopped it. And it's like, that's, I think that's what we want to share with everybody. Like, you see something bad happen. You're going to get in a bad car accident. Well, you're going to turn away. You see this horrific explosion. You want to shift away from it. And that's just my focus with my kids or with my book or with the social medias or, or anything that I do is just to bring awareness through me being truly genuine and authentic. I have nothing to hide behind. It's just what happens. It's you. Yeah. Well, and I think it's helpful for kids all kids you know to see that adults are not perfect Mm -hmm. right and to see the 
uh, path that sometimes is not always straight and that sometimes, you know, hey, today was really hard. You mm-hmm. know, I at my house, we do highs and lows mm-hmm. and I try to make the lows as like realistic as possible, you know, because it's um, it, it's not that you want to be a Debbie Downer all the time, but you want to be open about right. this thing that mean like what does it mean to be a grown-up and the fact that like grown-ups are struggling too and Mm -hmm. that it is okay and it's awesome that you talk to your kids because you want them to know what's going on i mean if genetics play any sort of a role right you want them to know what's going on and to know that they're going to be raised in an environment where alcohol is not you don't use alcohol to celebrate it's not like oh we're having a birthday party let's all take a shot like yep or to cope Right. Right. Oh, coping is the other one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the whole thing. Like with me going to a therapist, like I realized pretty quickly that I was self-medicating with alcohol. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, then I deal with depression. Then I know anxiety. Then I have to go on antidepressants. Like there, there's a whole thing there that if people almost like, like we're ogres, you know, ogres have layers. Lots remember? of. Yeah. So it's like. Onion got lots of layers. Yeah. 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 So, right. So exactly. it's like we're all, we want to hide behind this like hard outside layer, but like we're just like a, a fragile little egg yeah. at times. Mm-hmm. And the the quicker we are to acknowledge our vulnerabilities, I think then we can start working on them. We can start helping ourselves and empowering ourselves. So that way we don't have to cope with alcohol. We can figure out healthy coping mechanisms. Yeah. Do you ever get tired of telling your story? I mean, now that you've written this book, like, and you're pretty your an open book about things i mean do you get yeah exactly yeah, uh pun intended i mean do you get tired of telling it i didn't tell it for a really long time like mm. i kept my sobriety very hidden for at least the first year and then i would make the yearly i'm sober post and oh it, right it just okay. got to a point where i'm i'm seeing more on social media i'm reading more in the news i'm talking to more people and i i realize how many people are hurting um so yeah it, me sharing my story is is an aspect of who I am because it's it's something that I experienced. Um, it's just more so focusing on this is how my life is now. This is I was doing this path and because of sobriety, I am the man that I am today, the person that I am today. And it's just helping people to realize that there is freedom mm-hmm. found in sobriety, mm-hmm. as sucky as it it can be at times mm-hmm. to to get there. And you mentioned that you know. S- in this in this journey, you have lost some people. You mm-hmm. said I I might call them friends, but really they were more drinking buddies. Yeah. But you also gained a lot of people through this. Yeah, for every friend that I thought um, that I lost, I gained ten times the amount mm-hmm. of support. It may not have been ten times the amount of people, but, but, the, the, but quality, the quality of people in my life. Quality, improved. not quantity. Right. That's one of those other things. Like you can tell kids and they're like it doesn't it's matter so how many friends you have and the kid is looking at you like but I don't you know, have you like any. 25 kids to their like birthday party you only party, need two like, man you only right. need two yeah but yeah. yeah it's quality and i have great people in my life and that's another thing i was i'm very blessed with even in my life when i was becoming sober it's like my wife was extremely supportive my inner circle was extremely supportive so i didn't have to deal with people very very close to me that would be pushing me to drink which mm. i think a lot of people aren't afforded that correct um, so that was it was just very blessed with that all right, last question. Yeah. How cool is it to have a book? It's really cool. I mean, that seems pretty cool. It took me a very long time to get comfortable with having that and putting that out. 
Um, and oddly enough, you may not realize this. I mean, with your industry, is it's very difficult to market um, sobriety when you're talking oh, to news organizations. Weird. It's sobriety's not sexy. I'm mm-hmm. weird. Yeah, I know. So with like my hot sauce business, Hot Charlie's, I have been on TV dozens of times in radio stations, in newspapers. When I broached the subject of, hey, I came out with this book. I'm talking about sobriety. It's what launched Hot Charlie's. It's like radio silence. Mm. But uh, that was another pun, but that was good. Mm-hmm, that was here. good. I liked it. Yeah, so I liked it's, it. it's it's awesome being able to put that out there. And it's really cool with it. I mean, I'm used to having Hot Charlie's as a business, but it's great having the sober impact in my social medias that it's not about, okay, I need to sell X amount to do anything. Like, right. I've put this out there. And the great thing is with like Amazon publishing, right. like, the books are out there. They're at an affordable price. Yeah. And I don't have to be concerned about, okay, if I don't sell 100 books then this is a waste because like my story is out there and the hope is is that the person that needs to hear it can find it and can make the changes in their life to you know change their life forever i'm thinking of an idea yeah i think that we should do like a collaboration between hot charlie's and sands bar okay which is our alcohol free yeah. pop up and we should have like a drink that features a hot sauce that would be good like a Bloody Mary without vodka? Yes. Yeah, that'd be good. Okay, all right. Uh, we're we're going to work on this. This is very exciting. You've heard it here, folks. First, you have heard it here first. Charlie, thank you so much for being here. Thank I you. I really this appreciate that. And and one more time, if people want to find your book yeah. or Hot Charlie's, the where do they go? The Sober Impact, you can find it at Amazon or Hot Charlie's, Instagram, YouTube, or Instagram, Facebook. HotCharlie's.com. Cool. Excellent. If you like what you're hearing, if you want more with Charlie or you want uh, more with Preventable, uh, please consider rating, reviewing, and subscribing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for joining us at The Preventable, brought to you ad-free by PreventEd. PreventEd works to reduce or prevent the harms of alcohol and other drug use through education, intervention, and advocacy. Please visit their website at PreventEd.org. Like what you heard? Rate, review, and subscribe to stay up to date with what we are serving on The Preventable.